3: Hello everybody.
4: I'm Brent Musburger here at the South Point. You know, one of the things that I'm most proud of is helping to start the VSin network. And of course, my first show here, my guys in the desert, but it's time for our next chapter. So I'm going to send it from the South Point to downtown Las Vegas and our VSin studio at the Circa Casino. Okay, and I'm here to introduce the new host. It's our hometown gal, Stormy Bonantoni. That's right, she will keep you up to date every day with the latest breaking news that affects the outcome of the games that you love. She'll also update around town as the lines change and she'll have a rotating list of guests from, you got it, my guys in the desert. But it's time to turn it over to my gal in the desert. Take it away, Stormy. This is my guys in the desert with Stormy Tony on v the sports betting network.
5: How cool is that? A huge thank you to Brent Musburger for that amazing warm welcome. I'm super excited to be here joining the v family full time and usher in, as Brent said, this new chapter for my guys in the desert for those of you who don't know me i'm stormy bonantoni um you might recognize me if you're a visa and avid listener which i hope all of you are uh from the lombardi line with michael lombardi he's actually going to join us later on in the show and i'm sure he's going to haze me plenty but we're also going to talk nfl and for those of you who don't know me this is my first time introducing myself to you welcome to our new home it's circa uh Happy to be here, happy to have Derek Stevens join us in just a little bit as well. I am originally from Las Vegas, born and raised here in this town. Love it, love the sports betting atmosphere. And I'm also an ESPN college football sideline reporter. I most recently come over to VEASAN from the Vegas Golden Knights here, the NHL team in town. And I I just couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of this program. And, And I just, I can't wait for all of you to get to know me and for me to get to know all of you. So interact with me on social media. I love taking questions and helping out with whatever I can. On this show, we are going to make you a more informed better. We're gonna have a ton of fun. And of course, we're gonna take you behind the counter every single day to get the odds maker perspective. But enough about what we're gonna do. Let's get to it in our top five stories for the day, because got a lot of things you need to know from the weekend. Per Adam Schefter, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is placed on the IR today, is expected to miss eight weeks, which is insane. It's really unfortunate because one of the biggest Things that Washington was was really looking for coming into this year was to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick could be healthy for a full 17 game season. And we learned half one of week one against the Chargers that the answer is no Taylor Heineke. Stepped in. He was able to provide a little bit of a spark. He played really well for Washington in the playoffs last year when he was needed. Um, but but this is obviously a humongous loss. Kyle Allen will be his backup, but uh, Heineke expected to start versus the Giants Thursday night. Washington from minus four and a half favorites at home down to three and a half. Number two, Aaron Rodgers was bad, you guys. And listen, he said it himself, like this isn't anything new to him. He said it multiple times in his press conference after the game yesterday. Lost to the Saints 38-3 to in this guy's career. 211 career games. He has never had a worse straight up loss or against the spread failing to cover that 39 points. And and if you put Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston together side by side, and I told you one of those quarterbacks had five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 130 passer rating, there is no way and God's green earth you would tell me that that was Jameis Winston. It's just not the norm. But listen, R-E-L-A-S. X to quote Aaron Rodgers himself. Just calm down. It's okay. This is only week one. We all know all about the drama this offseason he was going through. I do think maybe he should have spent a little bit more time with his teammates instead of, you know, trying to put pressure on leadership. But that's neither here nor there. The Packers are going to be fine. Still minus 165 favorites to win the division on Bet MGM. He did move down, though, on the MVP odds board a bit to 18 to 1. Number three, Duval looks doomed the Jaguars are are not good they haven't been good and I don't foresee them continuing to be good after they lost their 16th straight game 37 21 to the Texans of all teams which is a team full of mostly unrecognizable players and even before the game there was all of this talk about how Urban Meyer is is not the best in terms of leadership for this team that NFL insiders are reporting he becomes unhinged easily he has outbursts he belittles his coaching staff lots of red flags Rumors are not, this team's undergoing a lot of major change. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Their season win total was six and a half. I just, I hope you took the under on that one. Number four, I'm buying what Matt Stafford is selling. LA brought Stafford in to reignite that Sean McVay offense that's had a little bit of a dip the last two years and boy, did he deliver. And how about that stat line? 20 of 26 for 321 yards, three touchdowns soaring over both of those props. One of the most prolific quarterback debuts with a new team in NFL history in a career-high 156.1 passer rating. Updated odds of the Rams in the NFC West, plus 185 favorites in the division, plus 550 behind only the Bucks to win the NFC. I had the Rams in the contest, by the way. We'll talk to Derek about that in just a second. And listen, I know we are all obsessed with quarterbacks, and so everybody in Arizona is talking about Kyler Murray, but I'm the one to- to tell you about Chandler Jones in terms of defensive player of the year because this guy is the real deal. Had a bicep injury, only played five games last year, but he looked bionic yesterday against the Titans, rocked Ryan Tannehill for a franchise record, five sacks, three of them coming in the first quarter, two forced fumbles. The next sack this guy should get should be one that's full of money. That's, that's all I have to say about there. He's in a contract year. I love this guy. 66 to one odds, 70 to one odds, depending where you can get it. Of course, Aaron Donald. And Miles Garrett up there as the main favorites. But that's a guy that's been snubbed for the awards so many times. I love him. Get on it. Our producer, Stephanie, loves him as well. She's been high on him, said odds makers have been sleeping on him. But as I mentioned, I referenced the contest there. We are so lucky to introduce the man who obviously needs no introduction in this building, Derek mean, uh, Can you walk around here for more than 30 seconds without anybody just stopping you to say hi, I love you?
6: I'm uh, I'm pretty lucky I get to I get to have a lot of people come up and say hello but thank god I love I love I uh, love being people stormy let's get this up on on, on uh right off the get-go congratulations to you. you welcome to your new home I think this studio suits you circus certainly does I love this oh. backdrop and uh we are very excited I know Visa's is very excited circus very excited to have you here on my guys
5: thank you so much I get distracted honestly sometimes yeah. because it's so beautiful back there but I I, I can't Tell you how much I appreciate that and I thought you were going to come in here and be mad at me because I am a 49ers fan and I thought that this conversation might start off on a little bit of a bad foot
6: oh you know what um I could tell you yesterday I was a 49ers fan as yeah, well
5: just for the contest
6: I mean yeah I, <laughs> I mean you know we didn't we uh we got this 1.92 billion dollar overlay and uh you know by 201 p.m on Saturday it was over that's what it is so at this point, I'm rooting for uh, as many uh, many entrants to stay in as they possibly can, and uh, I'd get a full level of enjoyment out of this. You know, last year in the uh, in that Indy Jacksonville game on week one, it knocked out like a third of the pool, and that was lousy. You know, so with the, with the Niners being the number one selection in the Circus Survivor. Uh, I, uh, I certainly was rooting for the 49 It looked like an easy rocking, t- rocking chair type of winner, um, and then all of a sudden got a little dicey there on the last couple uh, last couple of uh, uh, oh, plays of the game.
5: I was sweating because I had Niners minus 7.5, and, and so I was like, it can never be easy, right? Yeah. It can just never be easy. They were my pick um, in the millions as one of my picks. I had the Rams, which it was interesting. I thought that... More people were in on the 49ers than the Rams, and I looked at that list, and it turns out everybody was picking the Rams. So then yeah. I was, all right, I guess my pick wasn't as unique as I had thought it was. Uh,
6: yeah, actually, when I said that, it was it was Rams was the number one choice right. in uh, in um, in Survivor, and uh, 49ers were two, but yeah, both up there. Yeah, both up there, and and yeah, the you know the line was a seven and a half. That's what we posted in the contest. That's where it sat for a lot of the week. That's where a lot of money was booked. But then, you know, you heard a little bit of uh, some of the problems with the Lions offensive line. It went to an eight. Then it went to an eight and a half. And then on Sunday morning, I went over to see uh, Chris Bennett early. I said, what do you think? He goes, boy, the, they're just pounding these teasers on the 49ers. He moved it to a nine. Kept betting the 49, moved it to a a 9.5. It was unbelievable. Almost kind of became a runaway line. And then it lands on the 8. Pretty unbelievable game. (laughs)
5: Yep, and then you get the backdoor cover for your your hometown Lions. Not too shabby. Um, But I I was curious, just because you did mention the Jag situation last year, was it kind of nice to see there were still a lot of people that got bumped out of it, but from all over the place this year?
6: yeah i mean last year we never had um uh, a survivor week with this many teams selected this this week on week one there were 28 out of the 32 teams selected um there were 656 entrants that were knocked out so i guess you could say well there's still 3,400 people still uh still in it so i'm, I'm glad uh, i'm glad we still have a pretty pretty healthy uh healthy uh selection here of of uh contestants but uh yeah, six fifty six knocked out, and you're right. It was kind of all over the board. I was a little surprised to see some uh, some of the selections. I was surprised someone selected the Lions. I was surprised someone selected the Bears. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you. Uh, the people that had uh, the Bengals and the Vikings and potentially sitting on almost a tie situation, you know, and in Survivor, you got a win to got a mm-hmm. win to survive. So there was a lot of sweat going on right there. But it was a lot of fun.
5: Yeah, that's part of my strategy, survive in advance, at least early on for the first few. And then you'll kind of get more in the weeds later on down the road. Um, in terms of Monday Night Football tonight, big one. The hometown Raiders are the home dogs tonight. Where are we seeing most <clears throat> of the money on that one?
6: Yeah, right now we haven't seen, uh, we haven't. We don't have too big of a position, but uh, we all know where this thing's going. You know, I mean, I think half of Las Vegas is, is uh, getting in a car or a limo right now, heading down to Allegiant Stadium. And uh, it's going to be all Raiders money tonight. So I mean, we're we're, we're sitting at a three and a half, and uh, and when you have a home dog like that, first first game with fans, I mean, you know, the money line money line Raiders plays is what we're going to see. I mean, that's going that's going to be the number one. Ten to one on tickets. I would say before now and kick. So it's all going to be Raiders money coming in.
5: So you're rooting against the Raiders
6: nah i'm still rooting for the Raiders. <laughs> i'm still rooting for the hometown
5: i appreciate this more than you know thank you so much and i i can't wait to be here every single day this is amazing
6: yeah i mean I, this is terrific glad to have you here your new home here in vegas I, I love it great to see you
5: yeah great to see you we'll have derek on every single thursday monday through friday um on the show my guys in the desert coming up we've got a couple gems from our sister studio over at the south point benny Mayulo, Jimmy Vaccaro, they're going to join me, so don't go anywhere. And don't forget, make sure that you are downloading the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more.
1: You can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't.
8: You're listening to My Guys
4: of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe as we welcome you back into the first new episode of My Di- Guys in the Desert. I'm Stormy Bonantoni at our new home of Circa Resort and Casino. And listen, week one had some highs and some lows and some stuff that was just straight up strange. So let's start with the weird, weirder, and weirdest. Weird, the dogs had their day. 10 and four underdogs against uh, against the spread this week with five of those winning, eight of those winning straight up. Five of them on the road. That's the most in the opening week of a season in more than 35 years. So listen, I, I, I have a little PSA here. I know favorites are attractive, but a good reminder this past week to pick your moments. It's bad business to hammer the favorite all day. I know Josh Applebaum, our Market Insights guy, absolutely loves this play. Moving on to weirder, one of those dogs was the Houston Texans. They're first place now in the AFC South. I can't handle this. the The Colts lost. The Titans lost. The Jags lost. Titans are still the favorite, and the the Texans are still dead last in that category at fourteen to one. But I, that is just so bizarre. It it makes me uncomfortable to see a little bit. But one and zero Texans leading their division. Weirdest from the dogs, we're going to cats because this was by far. The weirdest thing that I saw all weekend long involves two different instances with cats, one of them at Hard Rock Stadium, where this poor little cat was just hanging from a string in the stadium drops. I don't even know how many feet, thank goodness for America and the American flag catching him down there. Oh my gosh, look at that. For those of you watching on the stream, this is, oh my goodness, it was so scary. But the applause, the eruption was incredible. The cat lived to tell the tale incredible they say those things have nine lives one of them had to be lost on the drop that was insane the second weirdest cat was at the Carolina Panthers game which is actually my old home I worked for uh, the Carolina Panthers for a couple years down there in Charlotte and they had this mixed animation panther that is hopping all over I, I was trying to figure out if that was something that you could see when you were in the stadium or if it was just on social but I don't know I remember seeing something kind of similar and I want to say it was the Pyeongchang Olympics that in the opening ceremonies they did something with that type of mixed animation but that thing, they're scary the green eyes staring at you it's that like that statue that they have out in front of bake of America stadium that just came to life I like those statues much better personally when they have the wreaths on them around Christmas time. That's the only time I like that Scary Panther. Uh time now though to welcome in some of the best in the business, Vinny Maiulo and Jimmy vaquero down there at South Point. My guys at the South Point. How you guys doing?
9: Stormy, welcome to V Look at you. The uh, the you're in the desert with uh, with the with the boys. And uh, we've got uh, you're the queen of the desert. So congratulations <laughs> and welcome to the show. Thank
10: you so much. Thank you, young lady. First t- Uh, thank you young lady for inviting us on your show obviously the history of your family goes way back in the gambling side of what we do and i'll go right back with i believe with your grandfather and then naturally to your uncle and everybody else that uh that obviously stuck their toe in the gambling side of it so a welcome addition make no mistake about that
5: thank you so much i really appreciate it yeah my my grandpa jb back in the day uh, at the doing God knows what down at the Rose Bowl and then coming down here to Mm -hmm. Vegas. I absolutely love that part of my family and so happy to be joining you guys today. I know we're going to talk a lot of NFL, but I wanted to start off with college football because it seems you guys have adjusted price on that college football four-way prop with all of those groupings Mm -hmm. now at even or plus money. Vinny, can you explain this to us?
9: Yeah, uh, just before the season, uh, we obviously have the teams to win individually, win the college football championship, and then uh, our director, Chris Andrews, had the idea and uh, ran it by Jimmy and I. Hey, listen, I want to put these groups up. So real quick, Alabama, Texas, Iowa State, Miami, and Penn State, and Cincinnati were one group at plus. 225 to open up. They're now six to five. Clemson, LSU, USC, Notre Dame, Florida, and Wisconsin were in a second group at four to one. They're now ten to one. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, UNC, and then Oregon and Texas A&M opened up as the favorite at minus 125. That's even money, and everybody else in the field 20 to one, which is where it remains. Uh, so you see that the uh, the first one uh, with Alabama, no real surprise there, uh, given the records after the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, now the uh, now down to six to five, uh, but uh, number three. Uh, with Oklahoma and Georgia performing. And, of course, Oregon's big upset the other mm-hmm. day, Jimmy. Yeah. um, that's now at even money,
10: well, you know what?, uh, you know, we all see, the obviously, the expansion of, of gaming, especially in sport, sports betting, in the last uh, in the last few years. Now it's going to get bigger and bigger. Now there's a lot of different ways for you to bet your money, but when you come to a place like the South Point, uh, that the old-timers are still basically in control, starting with Chris and Vinny and me, that uh, we still like to do the props that are solid. We still like to do the props that obviously it's easy to understand what's going on there. And these props that, uh, uh, that Chris finally put up uh, a few weeks ago draws a lot of attention once again it's easy second of all you can obviously root the entire year when you better prop like Mm -hmm. this so Um, my hats off to the boss
5: yeah props props are a good time i love this i think that's a ton of fun and and jimmy i had a little follow-up with you from our betting and beers down at the south point the other day that was hosted by our guy brent musburger Uh, just because i'm interested i am somebody who absolutely loves teasers a big fan of doing so in the nfl but you made an interesting point this weekend talking about college football teasers that I think would interest our viewers and listeners. If you don't mind sharing that,
10: well, first of all, uh, you know it's something that I've been following for the past forty years, and and teasers uh, at one time used to be uh, more or less it was just it was like a side avenue. Mm-hmm. Nobody really bet uh, bet them much. But what has happened? The general public got in you know, obviously get fell in love with teachers about 10 to 15 years ago. So the market went from here to here. But we found out real quick, if you're on my side of the counter, is like uh, college football It's just so hard to handicap with the teachers only because some of these teams, like if they're winning at 20 at nothing, at halftime, they wind up winning 40 to nothing, as opposed to the NFL where the games usually play to the number late, so which makes it a lot easier to win money in the, uh, in the NFL with the teachers. Here's a very trying point. Uh, way back when, I'm going back 30 years, Vinny, when the yep. seven-point NFL teaser was a dollar ten. Now you're laying a dollar fifty, sixty if you right. want to bet those teasers. Only because uh, we get uh, we get whacked around pretty good. Now the college teaser, I say in jest, but, but trust me, I'm I'm right on the money on this one. You can't win money if you bet NCAA teasers during the course yeah. of the year too many crazy things happen so uh you're, you're you're on your own and last weekend was a perfect idea i mean right off the bat ohio state with on a million teasers right. lose before you get the game too
9: yep huge and like- i think uh, the thing to, the thing you remember also uh stormy is in the pros to jimmy's point you want to also pay attention uh, to, to have them go through, or including the key numbers of three, four, six, seven, and ten. So a little bit of uh, uh, you know work that you have to do to it, uh, with it, uh, particularly. Uh, but pay attention to the numbers on the pro side. To the, on the college side, much more difficult.
5: Yeah. Well, one more for you guys here, real quick. Uh, setting up the lines for week two now obviously after week one mm-hmm. how tough is it to deal with those overreactions as an odds maker and not stray too far from what you feel that you know I, like you know the the bills are dead the packers are, whatever it is how do you adjust your lines based <laughs> yeah. on those things
9: well two things happen in week one uh betters typically overbet because it's week one and they've been so anxious and then uh, in, going into week two they overreact we don't overreact uh, you've got to remember. For one, one of the factors is this: these teams going into Week One, you know, they had four months to prepare for for themselves for each other. Uh, we didn't really see the true identity of a lot of teams, so we don't overreact uh, going into Week Two. So you'll see a lot of that. That's why the Packers are still a double-digit favorite over the Lions, mm-hmm. right, Jimmy?
10: Yeah, and most of all, what you see from obviously, I'll call us veterans in this part of our life uh, with the being on this side of the counter is like simply. Those numbers would have been relatively the same if the Packers would have won. Those numbers would mm-hmm. have been the same if obviously some of those upsets you know, came about. We do not go crazy week two, no matter what happens in week one. So I'm telling you, a lot easier than it looks. The general public, they <laughs> overreact.
5: No question. Yeah, on your guys' side, it's got to be critical not to overemphasize based on such a small sample size. You guys seeing a pretty good handle on the Monday night football game tonight?
10: Wow, I mean I can't tell you what I've seen in the last uh, in the last 48 hours concerning the Monday night game. Now it's a little historic here we're having the the uh, Ravens uh, or, excuse me the Raiders playing the first mm-hmm. NFL game here. Historic, but we will ticket count will be 5 to 1 minimum on the Raiders as we get closer to the game.
9: Yep, we'll be, uh, we'll be Raider fans, uh, but the house is uh, certainly going to gonna need uh, the Ravens tonight. But that's okay. If the, uh, the Raiders get there, then uh, all we know is that we know that uh, the folks will have plenty <laughs> or more ammunition to come up to the counter with.
5: You guys just get the Raiders hammered every week, don't you?
9: Pretty much. Yeah, this is a Raider. It's always been a Raider town now more than ever before. Game open four and a half. And now down to three and a half. All about the Raiders.
5: Yep, and you saw that plus 160 money line for the Raiders tonight. We'll have to see what happens. Vinny, Jimmy, thank you so much. And coming up here, Michael Lombardi will give us his play on Monday Night Football. And we'll hear Brent Musburger's keys to the game on the Raiders' side. Stay with us on My Guys in the Desert.
4: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on v the sports betting network.
5: Rolling along here on My Guys in the Desert, Stormy Tony live at our Circa studio here. And I know we already mentioned off the top Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, on injured reserve for the foreseeable future. There were a number of injuries. This past week in week one of the NFL that could impact you and your teams moving forward. So listen, I'm not a doctor, but a lot of these do not sound great. First round pick at left tackle for the Jets, Makai Becton out for four to six weeks. Adam Schefter was reporting earlier he's going to need arthroscopic knee surgery to clean up damage cartilage that he suffered in the loss at carolina and, and listen that's an offensive line for the jets that is already a, a hot mess and that injury for becton came on a touchdown pass from zach wilson the, the jets just simply apparently cannot have nice things feel terrible for him jets plus five and a half versus the patriots this week joe burrow had his first game back from that season ending mcl acl injury a year ago scared some folks late in the game yesterday when he was hit hard in the fourth quarter came up slowing A little bit slow, a little bit gimpy, grabbing his shoulder. Zach Taylor said he doesn't anticipate any issues, though, which is great. He said, so far, so good. Bengals three-point dogs at the Bears this week. Happy to see Joe Burrow okay. The 49ers injuries, uh, this is just a broken record at this point. When you look back at last year, unfortunately, Raheem Mostert expected to be out approximately eight weeks with a knee cartilage injury, and he missed time during OTAs. He missed, I want to say, eight games last year, 15 over the course of the last four years. Not ideal, um, especially for somebody that was looking to step up the run game. Fortunately, though, for the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell had a good day going over 100 yards. Their cornerback, by the way, Jason Barrett, also out for the season with a torn ACL. Jerry Judy, Broncos wide out, had a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss out six weeks per reports, but that was a scary injury when you saw it on the field. Uh, He was hit really hard against the Giants his ankle looked scary so fortunate for him that that's not a season ender Uh, Broncos minus six at Jacksonville this coming weekend I'm not a doctor as I said but according to Michael Lombardi I do run the network now so uh, I had to make sure that I locked him in for show number one Michael how's it going
8: I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Yes, I'm very pleased that you would have me on the network. (laughs) I'm excited to join your network. I mean, I'm shocked they haven't changed it to My Girls in the Desert, but I'm sure that'll happen.
5: Hey, you missed it. That's going to happen soon. You missed it. Brent tossed it to me to start the show to his gal in the desert. It had a nice ring to it. But hey, I'm glad to hear you're Uh, doing well. Um, Play Helton, though. I don't know if you heard over at USC. I did. Not doing so well.
8: No, you know, Patrick and I were talking about it on the show this weekend and how, you know, you could really write a 30-for-30 30 30 documentary on how Clay Helton has avoided the, his firing. And he's always one loss away from getting fired. And this one was the loss. I mean, to get blown out by Stanford, you know, after Stanford had just lost poorly uh, over the week, to uh, two weeks ago, you know. And so it doesn't surprise me. I think the names, I mean, USC is going to reach for the moon. They sure. It's one of the best programs in college football. It's it's a better job than two-thirds of the NFL jobs right now because mm-hmm. you could be your own general manager. You could be your own player personnel director. Mm-hmm. It's a great tradition. I mean, look, I think it'll be somebody from that Pete Carroll tree. I really do. I think they're going to go back to the roots. What, whatever young coach he feels like, I, I think it could be that.
5: It'll be interesting to see for sure how that pans out just because that like, yes, it's, there's so many great elements about USC and the way that you're able to rec- recruit. Who wouldn't want to go there? Southern California, it's beautiful. You get to, all the lovely girls, whatever it could be, all of those things. But at the same time, like, it is a hard job as a head coach because you are constantly criticized because this is a program that's supposed to be top 10 constantly. This is a program that's supposed to be fighting for a playoff in a national championship. And they haven't done that. It really just felt like a matter, matter of time. Like you said, for Clay Helton.
8: Well, I mean, look, Larry Smith lost to Fresno state and he was fired the next day. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is what that sees about. They're not going to tolerate it. So, you know, they, they have a standard of excellence that they expect and they don't expect to lose to Stanford, especially when Stanford starts a, a young quarterback, you know, after Stanford didn't play very well in the opener, uh, you know, so I think that ultimately this is this is kind of what we're seeing, and I don't know who's going to be next. I can't imagine Urban Meyer would leave uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars for the job, but you know, we shall see.
5: That's an interesting thing to bring up there. That upset, by the way, number fourteen USC dropping forty-two twenty-eight to unranked Stanford. It was a toughie. Well, because you mentioned Urban Meyer, though, let's transition over to the NFL. What were your three biggest? Biggest takeaways or maybe lesson learned from week one of the NFL season? I know one of the things that I said off the top was that just the Jags and Urban Meyer situation looks brutal. What were yours?
8: Well, I mean, I thought the Jags, look, I I didn't think they were really prepared to play. I mean, he, he doesn't even understand at the end of the half. I mean, he's got the ball with 59 seconds left to go in the first half. Uh, he's down 20 to seven. He comes out and he throws three straight incomplete passes. He gives the ball back to the Texans. You know, he's not playing Indiana. He's not mm-hmm. playing Minnesota. Like, you know, and the Texans go down the field and score a touchdown, make it 27-7, game's over. And so, you know, I, I, I think there, there's going to be a learning curve for Urban. It's going to be a steep learning curve for Urban. And, you know, I think that was one of the, I, I agree with you. I think that was one of those. I, I think when you look at the overall league, and you said, I mean, Chandler Jones, five sacks, mm-hmm. he humiliated Taylor LeJuan with the Cardinals. He went around them, threw them over them. You know, he destroyed the tit- the Titans passing game. And we kind of, on our show, Patrick and I, we talked about that. We like the cards because I think the, the cards, if you look at what they did at the beginning of last year, they were very effective in the opener against San Francisco. Uh, they were able to to throw the ball. Kyler Murray threw the ball. He's healthy. I think you want to bet the Cardinals when they're when when the uh, beginning of the season when they're healthy because they are a team that has a little bit of age to them. I thought their defense played really well yesterday, starting with Chandler Jones. So that was the one. The second one for me was Seattle. I thought Seattle's yeah. offense looked sharp. I thought they really looked sharp, and and they they looked they looked in control. It wasn't about let Russ cook. It was about let their offense cook. Hey, Russ Russ did
5: cook though. 254 yards, four touchdowns. He cooked.
8: Yeah. Well, I mean, he cooked, but he cooked within the same, you know, he cooked in the same venue of, of running the ball, play action. It's what Pete wants. Everybody thinks Pete just wants to run the ball. However, that being said, I think it's really more about being able to have balance play with tempo play faster. And I think that's ultimately what they did. They did a great job. Their offense, their offensive line played well. Look, Indianapolis thought they had a really good defensive team, you know, a really good defensive team, and they and they embarrassed them.
5: Yeah, no question. Was, I always like asking you: Was there anything that just overwhelmingly you didn't expect? You know, I I love your takeaways, but was there something that stood out to you that you really didn't see coming?
8: Uh, you know, I, I didn't really see the, you know, when you break down the first weekend, I didn't see Green Bay being as bad as they were. Mm-hmm. One for 10 on third down, 220 yards. You know, I, I like Green Bay's team, but I didn't see them being this bad, uh, especially this unprepared for the opener. I thought they were poorly coached in the opener, but they didn't have a really good plan. I was disappointed, and, then I, and I didn't expect that. I thought they would play. I like New Orleans with the points only because I think Sean Payton doesn't get enough credit for how well he prepares his quarterback to play effectively. But that was the one that kind of surprised me the most, Stormy.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. And that was kind of a balancing act, right? Because you want to, at least for me, I know I'm a big in-game better the whole time. I'm consistently thinking there's no way that Aaron Rodgers is going to not get back into this game. There's no way he's going to, throw another interception and then lo and behold, that's what he does. And I credit a lot of that to the Saints defense and to Jameis Winston on the offensive side for what he was able to do in a game that I don't think anybody really gave them a shot.
8: No, I I mean, look, Winston played well. He had one interception that got bailed out because of a a rough in the passer call. But I think ultimately what, what, what really showed me something was the last two seasons, really the last two years drew Brees has benefited from sean payton's coaches Drew Brees really hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field and make yep. plays and he's benefited from it and winston is now the beneficiary of sean payton's coaching and they look good they ran the football effectively they were able to their offensive line is good their defensive line controlled the game so i i was pleasantly surprised and winston you know throws 20 passes completes 15 of them makes plays down the field he played within himself the two guys that you know had turned the ball over quite a bit in their career sam Darnold and, and james winston Darnold was very good with the football yesterday and same with winston
5: yeah i like that you referenced though that that drew Brees. like we hadn't seen a pass thrown that far downfield in forever it feels like in new orleans so yeah good for Jameis week one especially the the zero interception i think is really the key takeaway on his stat line for sure we got monday night football tonight in las vegas at Allegiant stadium michael lombardi the the raiders Plus four as home dogs. What are your thoughts on this one tonight?
8: Well, you know, I like the Raiders in the points. I'm going to get, if I get the four, I like it at four and a half. I like it at four. I like it better than a field goal. I think the Raiders uh, will play well tonight. I mean, they have to, I mean, look, they've got a hundred million dollars invested in their coach. It's about time. This is year four. It's about time you step up and play, you know, and, uh, we, we, you know, it's, it's a chance. I think they'll they'll move the football. The Ravens are kind of beat up, especially with Marcus Peters out. You know, that Chavion Young's got to now start. You know, also when you look at their injury list, Jimmy Smith hasn't been healthy. This is a wounded team, and this is the right time to do it to go in there and play them.
5: Awesome! Thank you so much, Michael Lombardi. Appreciate you coming on for my first show.
8: Keep running the network, Stormy.
5: Ah, get out of here! He's just bitter. I stole Stephanie. I'm sorry. I love her so much. We'll be back in just a little bit on My Guys in the Desert.
7: To start listening.
4: You're listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni and Tony on V Sin, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Back here on My Guys in the Desert. Make sure you download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Go to OddsTrader.com. We also were fortunate enough to catch up with the voice of the Raiders, Brent Musburger, my guy in the desert, ahead of Raiders-Ravens tonight. Take it away, Brent
4: these are the three things that I'm going to be watching tonight with the Las Vegas Raiders. Most important of all is the newly rebuilt offensive line. Andre James steps in at center. This is the first time that he has started at that very, very important position and then out at right tackle their number one draft choice, Alex Leatherwood. They need to keep that pocket clean for quarterback Derek Carr. Number two, Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator Can he slow down Lamar Jackson, the electric quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? You've got to keep Jackson within seven eight yard gains and not let him have those 15 20 yard gains where he gets to the third level of your defense. And number three, I want to see what Allegiant Stadium is like with live fans there what kind of a fan base are we going to have right here in Las Vegas? Are they going to affect the audibles being called by the visiting quarterback? We're about to find out. But those are the three things that I'm most interested in tonight.
5: Great stuff, Brent. And who who isn't excited to see a packed house at Allegiant Stadium? I had the good fortune covering the BYU-Arizona game out there at Allegiant last weekend. And that place was just filled with those schools fans and it wasn't even fully sold out but it really really good crowd and it was bumping i can't imagine what it's going to be like tonight with all of the raiders faithful out there crazy loud having a blast really excited to see it in full force and one thing about both of those two teams is obviously they had consistency at quarterback which is something the nfl is kind of lacking throughout the board in terms of the just all all across the 12 quarterbacks this year playing on new teams five of which were first-round picks and rookies. So I decided to do my power rankings for our rookie quarterback, starting at number five. Trevor Lawrence, for me, was the worst of the day. Yes, I know he threw for 300 yards, but he also threw three costly interceptions, two in the first half, that saw the Jags down 27-7 at half to the Texans. Again, I'm not going to try to beat a dead horse with this one, but it's to the Texans. He did take ownership after the game, said all the right things, but that's just a team that's in a downward spiral. First regular season loss, of his career number four for me moving on trey lance i am a 49ers fan excited to see the number three overall pick uh he just took four snaps but threw a touchdown first pass of his career in red zone package for him but the, the niners didn't need him which i liked credit to jimmy garoppolo got early fumble a rookie on his heels Collected himself, had a great game. I'm excited to see the future for Trey Lance, but I just, I don't want to see it right now. I want to get as much out of Jimmy Garoppolo as we can this season and then let him take the reins. Number three for me, Justin Fields. Got a little glimpse of him in the Bears' loss to the Rams yesterday. And I mean, he was engaged in the sideline. He talked about how he was prepping every time he heard a call, repeating in his head, doing all the right things. And when he played, he looked ready just for me. Play the kid. Like, he he looks ready. Let's hand over the reins. Let's move on. Number two, Zach Wilson. Uh, I think that it, number one is Mac Jones, obviously. Mac Jones played the cleanest game. But for me, Zach Wilson made the most eye-popping plays. And goal number one for the Jets is really just don't Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson. Don't put too much on Zach Wilson's plate and and have him get hurt. Because this offensive line, we already talked about the injuries there. We already talked about how much that that offensive line has struggled don't potentially hurt your franchise more by letting this kid get hurt. He took one hit there late that he said felt like a truck. And the other coaching staff wasn't sure if he was going to get up. So he showed a lot of toughness in that one, which I really appreciate. Really like Zach Wilson did too. But Mac Jones had the best day. He looked polished. He's a guy that understands the big picture of what's going on. Made the appropriate throws. Made the right moves in the pocket. And that was not an easy tax. The Dolphins defense Made a lot of quarterbacks look silly last year. So I like I like Mac Jones. He's He gave the pa- Patriots a chance to win. Obviously, they did not. But uh, a really good effort, I thought, for Mac Jones in his debut. Now, time to talk a little bit more Monday Night Football. So, we welcome in, v Zone, Matt Brown, our, our resident prop master today. Hey, okay, so this is our first time talking, and I was scrolling your Twitter, and I am crushed for you that you are one of those unfortunate souls that is out week one in Survivor.
11: Yeah, I went ahead and put all three of the uh went ahead and put all three of my entries on the Vikings. Vikings couldn't get it done. Oh, I was playing the thing to, I was playing the thing to win, right? Yeah, I mean it was it was one of those where I knew I didn't have a lot of future equity in them anyway. I didn't want to play them really down the line and I was going to get them against a team that you know, I thought they should have beaten, but it is what it is. I'm still I've got a couple of entries in millions, so we're just shifting the tension now. Like we're we're yep. no longer we're playing against the spread. We're not trying to pick winners anymore.
5: All in on millions. It happens to the best of us. I I know Brent Musburger is still sour from last year. He was one of the many that was on the Colts when the Jags got their lone yeah. win of the season in Week One. So it happens. You'll be back next year. I know you're going to do great in the millions. Um, in terms of Monday Night Football tonight, though, one of my favorite things to do on any of these primetime games is check out what the prop menu is. Is there anything on the slate tonight that stands out to you?
11: Yeah. So looking over this, I, um, I'm really kind of bullish on this, uh, Ravens offense. I mean, we're getting a bottom unit. I mean, this could end up by the end of the season. This, this Raiders defense could be a bottom three type unit. I mean, definitely think entering the season, we're looking at them kind of in that bottom seven or eight. And so I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of that right now while I can. And listen, Lamar Jackson, over passing yards. Now this number has gotten away. I got 203 and a half. It's kind of up in that 208, 209 range. Mm -hmm. That said, my projection is more closer to the 220, 220, between 220 and 225. So I don't think it's unplayable, but certainly there's less of a window there for it to go your way. I think there's three different game scripts that actually go your way here with Lamar Jackson getting home on this thing. First and foremost, it's just the run game doesn't really work out here in the first couple of weeks of the season. We know all of the trouble with their backfield. They get, JK Dobbins goes down. Gus Edwards goes mm-hmm. down. Justice Hill goes down. And while we live in a society right now where we think that running backs don't matter, that's typically because we have a backup that we can put in that's been in the system that kind of knows things and is able to come in and just pick up where the starter left off. Well, I mean, backups down third strings mm-hmm. down. So now they're going with an undrafted rookie from last year and um, you know, maybe the run game just doesn't work out all that bit, all that good for them at the beginning of the season here. The second is they get behind in this game. Somehow they have to abandon their, what they want to do, which is that power running game and then go ahead and have to start throwing the ball a little bit more. And then the third way that I think this gets home is just attacking a glaring weakness for the Raiders, which is their secondary. The secondary for this Raiders team is absolutely atrocious. They have really and truly one of the bottom three units in all the NFL heading into the season, and unless they really, really perform way over expectation I think it could be pretty bad on them again this year so I really do like Lamar Jackson over passing yards tonight
5: yeah I I don't blame you either and even I can't think of the number off the top of my head but his season pass yards I felt like that was something that could go over in general too I I, I like Lamar Jackson I think that he's gonna have to pass the ball a little bit more and in addition to Lamar Jackson though You also liked Mark Andrews. So what drew you to him specifically? I know you talked about the secondary, but Andrews specifically the tight end game. I know he signed that, that big contract, doesn't have that hanging over his head. You think he's gonna have a good day?
11: Yeah, it's kind of a correlated play, right? If I think that Lamar is going to go over it with his passing yards, I'm going to go to his number one target. And I do believe that Mark Andrews in this game will be his number one target. So I have over four and a half reception, then over 56 and a half yards. I think you can still find the receiving yards about that number. It might've got up to 57 or something like that, but I still would play that there. Um, Listen, no Rashad Bateman for the Ravens, no Nick Boyle for the Ravens. They're too healthy. And I say that with air quotes, receivers are both coming off of, of training camps and, and preseasons where they were battling injuries and Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown, both of those guys not completely, completely healthy as they're uh, as they're going about this tonight. And Jonathan Abrams for the Raiders, one of the absolute worst cover guys in the league, just absolutely atrocious last year as well. And so if they go ahead and and line him up against what I consider to be the number one target there for this Baltimore Ravens team, I think this could be a really, really good game. Mark Andrews tonight. So like that a lot,
5: you're clearly high on the Ravens. Are they your pick?
11: Yeah, so I went ahead and played them at three and a half. Not a huge play for me. I do want to see what they look like with this new backfield and and kind of having to to get one of these, you know, basically change on the fly type things going on with, with their offensive scheme. But I do think that End of the day, still, that defense, even with the loss of Peters, is still far superior to what they're going to get on the other side of the ball. And I think the offense will do just enough to get this thing done. The number was small, so I went ahead and took it at three and a half.
5: Real quickly, do you think that there's just an advantage in general to getting in on some of these prop bets? Like, how closely are these lines monitored compared to a general line?
11: Yeah, they move fairly rapidly because it doesn't take a lot of money to move these things because it's uh, you know not one of those markets that has a ton of pouring into it. And so you do need to be, you got to have, kind of have an idea of what you're looking for when these things get released. And, and certainly, uh, you know, once you go from there, act fairly quickly because again, it doesn't take a lot of money to move these. And as we saw, I mean, the Lamar Jackson props already moved somewhere between seven to 10 yards, depending on the book that you look at it.
5: Great stuff, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. And for me, I took the Raiders plus four. Lamar Jackson, I liked him over the passing yards as well. That's our first show, My Guys in the Desert. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. I'm Saleya Mosin,
2: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.